jumping right into it with the giggles we always open with the giggles <laughs> did it again yeah <laughs> we're like high i love it i know i love it it's cute well i think because we get like so excited talking to each other and we especially do. when we haven't seen each other in a while mm-hmm. you know? it's like, like we get giddy it's yeah. like when you're in high school or like you're just coming out and like you kiss a girl for the first time like, that's <laughs> the same feeling i get every time we're about to record yeah 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 i love it it's so yeah. cute well, we are intergalactic swingers. Um, I know we never say our name in the beginning, but just I just assume people know who we are and what our voices sound like. Oh, but so. but <laughs> just so you guys know who we are, which one which one is which, I'm Selena Kyle. I'm Megan Sinclair, and I'm the one that sounds like a smoker half the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like your voice. It's very sultry. I like Thank the... you. I get that a lot on TikTok. People are like, <laughs> you should do like audio sounds. And I'm like, oh, yeah. what? Like, I... I have a great voice, but I also stumble over my words and use the wrong words constantly. So Yeah, you know, I I always hear you really like loud, but I never heard your ASMR voice. Like what does that sound like? My ASMR voice is probably this, and this is also how I talk to people when I'm trying to get them to come. And I'm like, does that feel good? And then that's like where I am. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That immediately, my face changed immediately when you started doing that. <laughs> I was like, oh. I want to be out in public and I want to hear the text tone, are you going to come for me? And then just <laughs> like, it's me. <laughs> I love that. Well, I am really excited to see you because you, you and I haven't, talked too much um over the past couple of weeks because just a lot of stuff has been going on i'm for both of us um i've been slammed with work you've had a lot of shit going on mm-hmm. <laughs> in your own personal life and with work i want to know what's been going on with you yeah let's do it so yeah uh i was to everybody that's listening i was talking to selena about this before and everything i'm about to talk about isn't like all that fun it's not like super sex related but it's stuff that women and couples do go through so i just want to be completely transparent because the whole reason we do this show is in hopes of like somebody else hears this and they're like oh i'm going through the exact exact same thing and like feel that there's somebody else out there that understands absolutely Um, yeah, so what, what's been happening with me is uh, back in very end of February, early March, I found out I was pregnant. And when I had found out I was pregnant, my uh, old boyfriend and I were kind of on the ropes to be going with, but we sort of did the, oh, there's a baby involved now. Let's try and work through things. So we put as much effort into it as we could. We had been going to therapy. Um, so then my eight-slash-nine-week appointment which is a follow-up which is when you get to get like an ultrasound you hear the baby's heartbeat all that stuff came up and unfortunately I was only measuring at five weeks three days and uh the doctors assumed that me and my ex just miscalculated uh when we had conceived 
but it turns out because we knew our conception date, we knew it should have been further along than it was. Uh, so I had a pretty gut feeling for that whole week that I had miscarried. Um, I wasn't feeling pregnant anymore. All of my symptoms had gone away. So then, and I also started having discharge, which is a very scary thing to go through if you were not ready for that. Yeah, but um, we, can you pause for a sec and yeah. like, I mean, in as much detail as you want to give? Yeah. What is the discharge? Is it just like, does that mean you were just bleeding a lot? No. So the discharge, um, at first it starts like a pinky color. To where they're like, oh, that's okay. Like, because the thing is, you can bleed during pregnancy and it's not a miscarriage. What's happening is um, the egg is planting Uh to your wall. So um, that can cause bleeding. But I wasn't like bleeding by any means. It was like a very pinkish discharge, which almost seemed like it had like a little bit of flesh to it. Uh Um, And then it slowly started getting browner and browner to where. By my follow-up appointment, it was like a black sludge almost. Wow. And they tell you that that's another thing that can be normal because it could be old blood falling Uh out. Blood that didn't make the cut for the baby. Um, (laughs) I was going to say like part of the placenta maybe like shedding or something. Yeah. So it's like that period that you missed. It's that shedding out because that's old blood. And then everything else is just sort of gathering in there. But it was, like, a not normal. Like, when I say a sludge, like, it looked like you had just taken, like, a finger scoop of brownie mix and you wiped it on a paper towel. Like, that's what wow. it was starting to look like. Yeah. Okay. That is actually a perfect description of what it was. Um, <laughs> so then I go to the doctor and she doesn't even let me see the screen when she does the ultrasound. She literally turned the screen away from us. So then um, – there's no sound or anything like that. They're like, okay, so we're actually going to go put you in a room. And that's like, you know, like when somebody's dying, you're like, oh, I'm going to take you to the room and explain it to you in case you lose your shit. Yeah. Um, so they bring me in and she just sort of looked at me and she's like, you had a feeling, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, did I miscarry? And she's like, yeah, unfortunately you did. Um, so science is really interesting though, because what they did was they got my blood type because apparently if you're a negative blood type, your body can attack your baby and cause a miscarriage. Wow. Yeah. So then what they do is they take your blood and then if you are negative, they take your blood, they do like some sort of plasma shit to it. And then they Mm -hmm. give you an injection and it makes it so that the next time you conceive your body doesn't attack the baby. Wow. Which I was like, that's some crazy fucking science. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So, um, so they gave me news. I went out to my car. I fucking sobbed. And that's the thing is like, as I'll, as I'll talk about, like in the long run, it was probably for the best, but you know, like when you have something that like you literally hold your stomach and like you get super excited for that future to come forward. Cause I've always wanted kids. I've always been pretty nurturing naturally. And I love the idea of having like a fun little family and all that shit. Yeah. Um, but also make them like super weird. Uh, (laughs) so I just like, you know, I had like a couple of days where I was like, all right, I got to cry this out. So then my work is nice enough. They gave me bereavement for three days. So I just sort of started passing everything by Friday. And by the time it gets to like fully passing, that shit is wild. It is literally like the exorcist from your fucking vagina, but with blood. And I'm not even over-exaggerating. I wish I was. Because you were, you're basically expelling clots. So you're just yeah. like getting rid of like three months worth of stuff building up in you. Yeah. Um, so that was, that part is very traumatic. 
Like that is definitely, no matter how it, how you pass it, whether it's naturally, whether it's, um, with the pill or whether it's with a, uh, DNC, like that shit is brutal. No matter how, no matter which way you cut the cake, it's a shitty ass cake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through that. I'm still experiencing discharge actually, but it's more of like that brown sludge I was talking about. So hopefully it's at the end and I have a follow-up appointment. Excuse me. I have a follow-up appointment tomorrow. So they just have to go in and make sure that everything sort of expels, like the egg and the um, placenta and the embryo and all that stuff is out. Uh, so then after the miscarriage, there was a part of me that was like, there's no point in keeping this relationship going. So we had actually broken up while I was pregnant because there were a lot of personal issues and boundaries that were being crossed and others not feeling understood uh, happening. So we actually broke up while I was pregnant because a boundary was crossed and I said, if this boundary is crossed, I'm leaving. So mm-hmm. I did that. Um, and it was rough, you know? So like once the miscarriage happened, I was like, you know what? Like this is sometimes the universe is going to talk to you and you better fucking listen when she does. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I was like, you know what? There's just no point in saving this. Um, yeah. obviously as I was reading to Selena, he decided he felt that exact same way, but had to be the one to say it out loud, but whatever. Uh, macho man. Macho man. Um, so we are, we're not together anymore. And I, 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 I'm not trying to be mean to this person by any means. I don't think they're going to listen to this, but I'm saying it for like the women that go through something like this and they make these huge fucking calls that feel earth shattering. Mm-hmm. Babe, you are going to be fine. You're going to be A-O-fucking-K, that is for sure, because that was some of the scary shit I've ever been through. I went through that in, like, three months, and yeah. my life was completely turned around within a three-month span. And honestly, like, a lot of my health issues have alleviated because a lot of them were related to stress that I wasn't really being honest about. And, I mean, I'm in my own apartment. Like, I have so many girlfriends out here. I have Selena support me. I have a huge support system that I think I personally have the habit of not paying attention to my support system when I feel like there's one person that's supposed to be your supporter. But you have to remember that, like, your support system's everywhere. You can't put your support system in one person because people will support you in different ways. Like, with Selena, like, embracing my true slut, that's my support system right there (laughs) among many, many other things. But, um, so I just wanted to be very transparent on that one just so people can know, like, it's really, really, it's really hard to go through, but you will make it through. And sometimes it's just for the better. And that's how you think about it. I'm, I, I just like, am in awe of you that you've gone through this, that the way you've overcome it, like Mm -hmm. how you are responding to it now and how you have this positive, outlook and and how your body has responded to you no longer being in this toxic situation and also you know like it's really unfortunate that you're going through this miscarriage but also like i i am glad that things happened the the way that they did because yeah i'm so glad that you got up you got out of this toxic situation you know like that's first and foremost what I was mainly concerned about was your happiness and your health and making sure that you were okay. And I just really think that things happen for a reason, you know, and this is definitely one of those things 
that's a huge life lesson for you. Yeah. Um, I want to control bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I want to circle back though and and talk more about. So okay, the chronic information that you had mm-hmm. brought up in I think like not the last episode but the episode before. Yeah. Um, you no longer have that. Yeah. Just a little like background on what it was. And I'm going to be very graphic. So if you do not want to hear about my pussy lips, too bad. Um, So chronic inflammation is basically like my vagina would just get super fucking inflamed. It was super tender. It was really sensitive. Um, it, It would get to the point where like I couldn't get my own finger in me, let alone a tampon, let alone a whole ass penis. (laughs) um and like it would get so bad to where like uh the skin will tear and it'll start to get micro tears but then it can even get like full-on tears and my the hood of my clit to the right side would just kept tearing over and over and over again that there's actually a scar on it because of how often it was tearing oh wow um so it's just like a chronic inflammation and like i think i'm pretty sure people can get chronic inflammation in like many other spots um so I was going through that and it turns out that I think a lot of what was causing that was just stress. Like I had a lot of stress, not just going through it, but I think there could have been stressors that sort of activated it in a sense. Um, and it was rough to go through. It was very, very rough on me. It was rough on the relationship. I was severely depressed because one thing, and I was talking to Selena about this earlier before we got on is I think men don't think women value their sexuality as much as men do. Like, I think a lot of men are like, I have a super high sex drive. I need you to meet that. I can't have blue balls. Like, I want to go, go, go. And it's like, yeah, that's great. And there are a lot of fucking women that are out there and they have equal sex drives, if not more compared to men. But women naturally just have more health issues with their reproductive activity Also, you have to think about tearing. Like, yeah, rough sex is great, but like there is tearing involved. You're getting micro tears. Like you're getting, you're chafing. Like something where the pleasure comes from something going in it it versus something that it has to go into something to receive pleasure, if that makes any kind of sense. That's completely different because what happens is after sex, your body starts to self-clean. Because yeah. obviously, in a sense, your body is rejecting what just happened. It's like, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, this shit doesn't belong here. Get it out. And I think, yeah, it's great to have, like, a grade-A punani and be able to go constantly whenever you want. But, like, yo, I get fucking dehydrated and I can't come whether it's a toy or a man. Yeah. So it's like everybody's vagina is severely different from each other's. Yeah. And guys are pretty run-of-the-mill with their penises. Mm-hmm. Maybe like size variation, but like when it comes to dealing with like the after effects, completely yeah. different. Yeah, totally. I remember being like, oh my God, how old was I? Maybe in my early 20s and I was like a nymphomaniac. Mm-hmm. And when I was with my ex, we were just like fucking nonstop, like all day, every day, as much as we fucking could. And one day I got internal bleeding out of nowhere and I had to go to the ER and I was just like not peeing. But just expelling blood out of my vagina nonstop. Like it was just, I couldn't control it. It was just like an, it was, what is it? Involuntary. Just like, and it was crazy. And they just like put me on morphine and they were like, all you can do is just expel it from your body. Just like let it happen. And I, it was, oh my God, it was 
the most pain I was ever in in my entire life. That's it was, insane. Yeah, it was fucking wild. And my dude just like he sat in the waiting room and like had waited for me, but like didn't have to go through what I went through, but was yeah. just fuck was fucking just as equally as I was. Yeah. But I was the one that had to suffer. Yep, that's the most annoying part, dude. Is like we want to fuck around equally, but like our bodies can't fucking do that. Yeah, time. Yeah, or we're afraid of getting pregnant. Like I, like you know, Ryan and I are very, we're very open to having sex with other people. But what really stops me from having sex with other men specifically is that is the fear of getting pregnant and dealing, having to deal with that. Oh my god, that's insane! I could not imagine. And I mean, partially, like, my paranoia comes from being pregnant before. Like, I had to have an abortion, which I'll get into in another episode. But, like, part of my PTSD comes from that. And so, like, I carry that with me when I think about having sex with other guys. So it's, like, it's more now of a fantasy than, like, I actually want to act upon it because, like, I'm fearful. And I know, like, what will happen because it's happened to me, you know? It's so scary. Understandable, especially because, like... With you guys, like, you've been together for so long. Like, he completely yeah. understands your body. I mean, a new man, is it takes a couple of times. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, there are amazing, like, one-night stands where, like, you're both just so fucked up and, like, it's just, like, you're going at it and, like, it's mm-hmm. a good natural reaction. But, like, 10 out of 10 times, that shit's not happening. Like, <laughs> I can list 10 guys I've been with and I'll probably come up with one of them that made me yeah. feel that way that first night. Yeah, that's why I'm now I'm very selective with who I choose to have sex with. You know, it's not like like before, I think in my early 20s and mid 20s, it was more of like, oh, I just want to fuck hot guys. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about the gimmick dick, you know, just like guys that I can show off to my friends or, you know, coworkers, whatever, and just be like, this is the guy I fucked this weekend. Now I'm more into quality people. And it's not like I I'm not opposed to having one night stands especially like if I get a hotel in West Hollywood and I'm just like there for the weekend or whatever you know like that's totally fine but for me like I'm more into quality people and somebody I can maybe have some kind of long-term uh friendship with that's Mm -hmm. like a totally laid-back friends with benefits like that's that's my ideal person absolutely but it you're right in that it's like it's tough taking that gamble especially on one night stands and hooking up with somebody that like doesn't know your body very well that could very well wreck your fucking insides like yeah or your butthole yeah or your butthole (laughs) (laughs) r.i.p no i completely agree it's just oh man penises are rough sometimes like i don't know how else to put it like sometimes it just it's a doozy on our bodies are we doing our fetishes today did you do you have some I have some. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's start. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's get fetishy. Yeah. Um, so this is one that I actually researched more because I think I watched this with you and Ryan and I thought it was such a, like a weird, but also understandable fetish. And I'll get into why I think it's an understandable fetish. Okay. Um, balloon popping. Bo- you're into balloon popping? I don't think I am necessarily, but I totally understand why people are. So with balloon popping, it's the fetish of popping balloons, but the release is when the balloon pops. Yeah. And 
I think because it is so similar to reaching climax of like, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, and then it goes. Yeah. I think that's why it's so understandable for me. Now, do I like having balloons popped around me? Absolutely not. But do I understand how it's so equal to climaxing? Absolutely. So, okay, so let's backtrack. Are you, so this isn't your fantasy, it's just a fantasy that you like? It's one that I found really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I yeah, out, like a lot out there where you're like, huh, but you would never be into it. But like, it's really fun to learn about. Yeah. Did we show that to you? Or was it in that documentary? That we it was watched? in that documentary. Yeah. But like, I love learning about that one. <laughs> Oh, you know what? So yes, we did watch it on a documentary. I saw it again when I was watching, was it in Strange Sex? Maybe it's in Strange Sex. It was in Strange Sex. Yeah, right? Okay, so that's what it's from. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's like a like a chubby guy that's like yeah. talking about balloon popping and how he was like, oh, so okay, yeah, he talked about it in that documentary. So he had gone to a convention or was going to a convention, a balloon popping convention. And it was like a fetish gathering where like all people that have these like balloon popping fetishes gather and they bring their balloons, they bring their favorite balloons, they pop balloons together. They like do balloon popping on stage. So it's It's a balloon. (laughs) I know it's, it's, it was so cute. Yeah. And they showed footage of the event and I, I would have loved to be there. And I, I like you don't like the sound of the balloon pop. Like at that, just, I don't like that noise. Yeah. Um, but I, I noticed that like when he talked about it in the documentary and a lot of other people um, said the same thing during that convention, that their fetish stems from childhood fear. So a lot of them were afraid of the sound of the balloons popping like at birthday parties or people would like pop balloons over their head and they would get really scared as a kid but then they grew to love it and just crave it. And it turned into a fetish. Yeah. And so, and I was thinking about that and there's just that whole aspect of where the fetish is derived from. And like, it just hit me like a light bulb yesterday. And I don't know why I never thought about it, but that's where all of our fetishes come from. They come yeah. from childhood fears. Yeah. Or linked a lot, <laughs> you know, exactly. Or, or issues in our childhood or, Like, I know that I have a lot of mommy and daddy issues. And so I'm very into um, what I, what 20 year old me would deem my ideal, like mommy, daddy are the successful businesswoman or the Mm -hmm. successful businessman. And I think part of my fetish for that comes from the lack of having that from my parents as a child. Mm -hmm. That's, those are the parents I wish I had. So now my family has kind of turned into like a fetish where I'm like I didn't have these parents so I want to be with these parents no I mean like I t- it makes sense though I think like yeah. people are so afraid like yeah it's weird to think back that like your fetish stems from childhood stuff and like I think people just get so weirded out by it they shut down but if they just talked it out it would all make a lot of fucking sense to a lot yeah. of different people on why they yeah. feel certain ways absolutely yeah yeah that's it's just kind of opened my my eyes when like I thought about it because I was like that makes a lot of sense like why I'm into the stuff that I'm into like yeah like Like, I I totally fucking forgot and I maybe this because it's so weird and so normal to me that like 
Like I now love the idea of orgies and group sex and sex clubs and having sex with other people in a communal space. Yeah. And I totally forgot if that's because what I would do in fucking high school with my friends, we would hang out at each other's houses and we would like fuck our boyfriends together like in a room oh my god like when you would have like a makeup yes oh that shit was so hot yes but like you know and you're you're like you just want to be with your friends and do the weird stuff and you don't think about it then but and and like you flash forward to your adult years and you're like ooh, i want to have a threesome i want to have an orgy when you're like I already did that stuff. I did that yeah. stuff when I was younger. That's why I crave it again now. Dude, you've literally unlocked a memory. I remember in high school that I had like a bunch of friends over at my house and there was like this one super fucking hot guy and we all just took turns making out with him. That's so hot. It was so like Yeah, it's hot. That reminds me of like that scene in Yellow Jackets. Did you like do you watch Yeah, Yellow it does. <laughs> I was like, that's so hot. But we put it on mushrooms. <laughs> I love the idea of like going with a partner to like a sex club. And it's like, if we decide to participate, sure. But I also kind of like the idea of somebody, like people just watching me and my partner be together. Yeah. Like, I get off on the showmanship of it. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about that too, because I remember you brought that up. And I thought, I was like, oh, I feel the same way. But then I thought about it and I was like, oh, it's because I've done that when I was mm-hmm. in high school. Like when I, when my friends would watch me have sex because we were in the same room together and it was like we were getting egged on and it was like a fun, loving, like very almost more European like environment. Ooh, like I guess because like we were, European. you know, like I guess because like we were younger and a little more like free and yeah. Even though we were pretty self-conscious, I think, like, we were more free, like, sex- sexually when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And, like, as adults, we kind of, like, we carry a lot of that shame with us and, like, a lot of, like, yeah, you know, like, oh, you like, this realization. So you have to retrain yourself to, like, remind yourself that you don't need to carry that shame with you and you can yeah. be sexual again, just like you did when you were younger. Exactly. I think it's just, like, like, people get... I, I've read an entire, um, not an entire, but I read part of a book, <laughs> but it was about the shame and how, how that follows us throughout life is like, itty bitty baby is like little boys get boners every now and then. And the, like parents make it really weird or like kids will touch themselves. And like, instead of teaching them like, Hey, do that in private because not everybody here wants to participate. They just slap their hand away. So then they constantly feel more and more shame towards touching themselves or doing things sexually the older they get because it's just years of built up shame. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're taught shame and in the wrong way when we're younger. Cause it's like, it's not really explained to us like why we shouldn't be touching ourselves in front of company or in public, you know, it's just like, don't do that. And there's no yeah. explanation why, where yeah. it's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, don't do that right now because you're going to get probably attention that's unwanted. And also, you know, it's not really socially acceptable. So you're going to get some weird looks. Do you want those weird looks? No, then don't do that thing right now. You know, like you can teach them consent at a really early age to where it's like, when you're touching yourself, the people around you aren't consenting to that. They do not participate in that. And if you teach it to a kid that way, especially a little boy, like, that's going to change so much yeah, on how they yeah. consent because from the beginning, they're learning how to respect consent. 
They're not being taught consent. They are practicing consent from a young age. Cause we don't make little, we don't make boys or men do that until they're older when we're like verbally able to say it. But if you can teach consent to where like, yeah, these people aren't necessarily saying that, but you should understand that if you're not having a clear conversation with somebody about them wanting to participate, you should assume it is a no. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a good point of like how, you know, they should, we should have consent instilled with us, instilled in us very early on. And it shouldn't be taught or reminded to us later on in life. Mm -hmm. Like that's just something that should be, it should be common sense as you grow up to just like respect other people and don't do anything that someone doesn't consent to. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I think like a lot of it is when, unfortunately, I've heard like a lot of people raising their kids this way where like when they go to like give them baths, they're like, hey, I'm going to touch your pee-pee just to watch you. And that's why I'm doing it. And they sort of like hyper explain why they're touching them in a certain way. So that way when they're like possibly in a position with another adult, they know to say no to that adult. But then if we're not teaching it in a, when they feel their sexuality and they mm-hmm. feel like they want to express that and we're not teaching them how to contain it in a safe environment and in like a respectful environment, yeah. they're not going to know. They're only going to know when it's happening to them and they're not going to know when they're doing it to someone else. Oh my God. Yeah. I should be a fucking psychologist. <laughs> <I'm getting out. laughs> You're absolutely right. Wow. You got to start a new start a new TikTok for just these epiphanies. No, actually, I really want to because that, like, girl, I want to make out with myself. That was smart as hell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mistress Megan, follow her on TikTok for advice more. It's <laughs> a great name. I actually might just stick with that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Consent, so man. Good. It doesn't have to be like this hard fucking thing or like. It shouldn't have to be taught in a school environment. It should be something that parents are teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Shitty on a parent if the kid has fucked up. Like, that means you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What's your, uh, what was your kink going to be? So after you do yours, then I'll talk about one that I actually like and I'll give the explanation to it. Okay, so, well, one of mine, I think we talked about it a little bit, or maybe, I don't know if I've talked about it with you, but I've, so I've been thinking about, like, piss play a lot, like, peeing, peeing on somebody. Um, Ryan does not want me to pee on him, uh, nor, nor do I want to pee on him, and and I don't want to clean, I don't want to clean it up, so I don't want to, I don't want to pee on my own bed. Um, but... I but I don't know like I don't know if that's and this is something else I want to talk about um fantasy versus you know you acting upon your fantasies yeah and what's truly purely just a fantasy, fantasy versus kink I guess yeah like, exactly fantasy versus actual kink yeah yeah totally and I think that's I think that's it's more I don't really know where the piss play lies right now I think yeah you know because like I haven't done it and is I'm it curious about it's it. Similar to squirting, and maybe you just want to feel like you're squirting in a larger velocity. No, I think it's more of like the savage uh-huh. and primal element of just like 
you know, like just like fucking somebody with no condom on and then just like jumping off and like pissing all over his like chest and stomach. Like if it was pissing out the cum, like I can see where you're coming from on that one where it's just like, get the fuck out of me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is part of, I guess that whole aspect with the cum is part of the fantasy. It's like the giving back part. Yeah. But not the kink I'll act upon because like it goes back to the me like fearful of getting pregnant and I'm not on any kind of birth control other than like condoms so i couldn't do that you know um but i don't know like i don't know that and it's not like i couldn't get on birth control like i could if i really wanted to like you know act upon um a lot of my kinks or fantasies turned to kinks i guess yeah um but I don't know. It's I'm st- I guess I'm in limbo with that one because I don't know which category it falls in yet. I don't know if it's something I just think about and think that it'll be really hot or something mm-hmm. that I actually want to try maybe with the right partner, the right person. That's like Do you watch a lot of porn related to it. No, maybe that uh, give you more of an answer on like, oh, I could see myself doing like that's how I found out I was bi because I watched like lesbian porn. And I was like, yo, I'd fucking do that. <laughs> you know? So maybe it's something that you have to see somebody else do it. Well, I mean, let me see. Let me think about it. I mean, I've seen it before, like year, like years ago in passing, I guess. And it's not something like I actively, like or like strictly watch. But I will, like if if I'm watching porn, like I will look that up. But like, it's not like I'm like that's like what I'm strictly into, and I I gotcha. go like seeking it. I think I like I came across a video of like a couple hiking, and I think they were like boyfriend girlfriend whatever, but um. Yeah, he just, like, pulled her, whatever she was wearing, a skirt down or something. A skirt while she's hiking. Like, come on now. <laughs> she pulled her <laughs> skirt down. Or... <laughs> yeah, and then, um, yeah, he just, like, started fucking her. And then she, he was, like, peeing in her. Which, actually, that is the opposite of what I was talking about wanting to do. Because he peed in her. Anyway, no. that was hot, though. I was like, okay, that's kind of hot. But I don't want to get peed in. I think that's gross. Yeah, like, I don't want P and me. The act of watching it was pretty but hot. For him, you seeing him do it, you were like, "Oh, I could do that." Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was that was hot. Like I was like, "Oh yeah, that's hot." But then watching videos of girls just like peeing on guys, I'm like, "All right, whatever, that's fine. It's like whatever. It, it is similar to squirting." Um, but the thought of me actually doing it is hotter than me actually seeing the videos does mm-hmm. that make sense what if you and ryan tried doing it in the shower like what that's if what i said and that i mean like I, that's what i said to him and he was just like yeah whatever but then i thought about it and i was like no that's not enough like it has to be like he it has, has to, to want be right. it. yeah not yeah. him i don't want to do it with him that's oh, not you just have to that's want. not a yeah that's not a job for him yeah that's that's, <laughs> that's for somebody for else that's somebody else who really wants the job so <laughs> qualified but we're gonna take a pass <laughs> yeah that's not a job for him oh that's fun i think he and i are rebranding our own sex now and really <laughs> what way how's that going i think because like well when we when we first started having sex it was just like it was great like it was really really good like i was actually very surprised but that it was in, as good as it was just because I wasn't expecting it. And I think that's probably why I had like, like no expectations. I, when I met him, yeah. I was like, Oh, I, I just like this person. I want to hang out with him. He was another artist. 
Um, but then we, once we had sex, I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. But then because my brain had switched and I started getting more in my head, I reverted back to, oh, like, let me please this person. Like, well, what do you want? What do you like? What should I do for you? And it yeah. became less about like me and what I wanted. So I think, I think now we've just like, because we talk so much about, um, just sex and like how we feel about stuff and like how just we're always watching documentaries and like learning constantly about sex and evolving. Like we want to try a lot of different things. And we realize that sometimes we're not necessarily going to be the person to try those things out on or with. That is so, so fucking mature, dude. It's <laughs> such a well, good way to look at it and understand. Cause when you put that pressure on someone like, in my past relationship, the pressure of ass play literally made me wish that they would just find yeah. somebody else to do it with. Yeah. Because, like, it had become such, like, a focus, and I felt like yeah. they weren't enjoying regular sex with me, and I couldn't be there, like, emotionally because I just yeah. felt so pressured to it. But to, like, realize that there's somebody else that can do it, and they'll reach the level that you're going for, yeah. but you can still be mature and go back to your people, I think that's great. Yeah, because, I mean, we both don't want to hold each other back from exploring and trying different things, especially if it's something that's interesting and we're curious about. But we're not always necessarily going to be the right person to try those things out with. And we are at the point now where we're both understanding of that rather than being like, oh, I'm jealous because I'm going to be left out or, you know, what's going to happen when I'm not there? Like, you know like that was my whole thing was that my jealousy comes from fear of missing out mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, what if they're having a better time? I also want to have a better time. Can't I be there too? You know, yeah, it's Where now I'm like, totally get that. Totally. But now I'm like, no, that's, that is his own playtime. If, if they want me to be there, that's a whole nother conversation, but he should be able to, and me too, we should be able to have our own fun explorative time and then come back and be with somebody that loves and accepts us. And, you know, that part of our relationship is not going to change because I, st- I still want my constant. I still want yeah. my person, but I want to be able to continue to explore and evolve and maybe take some of the things that I've learned back home and show my partner, you know? Yeah. So No, I totally get that. No, that's, yeah. that's awesome. I was talking to one guy and like, I'm, I'm very straightforward about being by these days. I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, this is who I am. I'm not fucking hiding it anymore. And I'm not telling them because I want to be in the threesome. I'm telling them because in a perfect world, I could find a guy that's just like, Oh yeah, go like, go sleep with your friends. If you want to, like, if you want to go out with your friend, Selena, go fucking do it. And they'd be supportive, but not feel like they need to be included or feel like, like this one guy, he straight up was like, no, I don't need anyone else. Like if that's what you want and it's going to make you even more like, craving of sex because it will i know it will he's like yeah that's totally fine and i'm like people like you exist so it's just like it's interesting like if you don't communicate these things you're never gonna fucking learn and you're yeah. never gonna get it get it get to experience what you want to experience if you're just quiet yeah. about it all the time absolutely i think i told you a little bit about this married guy that i'm actually really into mm-hmm. but i told him because he he'll always dm me and He's not on my OnlyFans because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want his wife to know that he has an OnlyFans, and I he wants me to like send him content through Instagram, 
And I'm like, no, there's a platform. Yeah, bitch. That, there's a platform that you can go if you want to have these conversations with me or see this part of me. Like, you can go on my OnlyFans. And he's like, no, I want to work something else out with you. And I'm like, no, because that's that's crossing my boundaries. I've mm-hmm. set up very very specific boundaries that can't be crossed. You can't talk to me like that on my Instagram. That's why there's this platform exists. Yeah. He's like, all right, fine, get that. So let's that go. But he will continue to DM me and like be really flirty and want to see me and stuff and i'm like if your wife doesn't know what you're doing and doesn't consent to you trying to have these conversations with me i'm not going to be a part of them like yeah i'm not i'm not cool if she doesn't consent to this and he's like well i talked to her about it in the past before like about us having an open relationship or us you know hooking up with other people and she's not cool with it so i'm here and I'm like, so what does that mean? So you're just going to, like, cheat on her? Like, no. you Like, yeah. I, I think there's obviously cheating, I believe, is a gray line. There's a lot of miscommunication between people that makes everything murky and they don't understand that they're cheating or they don't understand that they didn't communicate, communicate enough on their part. Yeah. But like, that is one of those things where, like, if your wife's going to be upset if she saw that conversation – Maybe don't do it. Yeah. Or just, I mean, if if that impulse is truly in you, you need to go to therapy. You need to together figure out some way to break through to your partner and say, this is who I am and I can't yeah. suppress it. So if it's not someone that you're going to accept, then we can't be together anymore because this is who I am, you mm-hmm. know? But to suppress that side of yourself and then do something like try to cheat on the person that you supposedly love, like... That's just low and very cowardly behavior, I feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. How did we get to this conversation from your kink? <laughs> oh, because we were talking about piss play and then we got here and- um, Communication? Communication. Makes no, no sense. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll go with mine. Um, mine is, and I think I've spoken about it before, but I think I'm getting back into it because I feel like in past relationships- I'll tell them I'm into something and then they only know to do that. And they'll only do that. And they'll do it in moments that like don't make sense. Yeah. But um, I'm still into spitting. I got to say, I don't know. There's something about the sound of just like spitting. (laughs) Like when it's just like spit on my dick or it's like if they spit into my mouth, like uh there was one time somebody spit in my mouth and it went like halfway out out my mouth and they just like licked my whole face and put it back in my mouth. And I was like, you are such a savage oh my god i was like my face is wet my fucking pussy's wet it was wild and my makeup stayed intact (laughs) still looking fly yeah i love that i guess like all of us have some kind of savagery or you know Mm -hmm. like some like that's yours spitting and you like to be spanked and choked or one of the yeah and that goes back to like stuff that might have happened to me when i was little but i'm not gonna talk about that (laughs) But like actually you know it is like related to how i was punished like i got i got spanked i would get spanked if i was bad and then like you know like sometimes when your parents have like that like like really like they pull your face in kind of thing and they're like don't yeah. do that again yeah somebody's been like somebody's done that to me where they'll like pull my face around and i'm like say no more <laughs> like i am here do you think maybe you like that during sex because you like to feel um not helpless but like 
you're not in control in those moments where you're not supposed to like you're not in your head as much yeah it's there's like there's always going to be some sort of like sexual part that comes from fear and I think a lot of it is related to the fact of like oh I feel like real spooked right now like oh this is crazy and I think the kink behind it though is the amount of trust I'm putting into that person and putting that much trust into somebody to let them spank you or let them choke you or let them like move your face around like that Mm -hmm. is you're completely letting go in that instance yeah like in its own way it's like a different type of like orgasmic feeling of like completely letting go and like somebody is completely in control of me right now and I have no say in the matter and there's a part of where, like, just letting go of that feels so good. Because I am, like, a very anxious – I'm not a controlling person by in the way of, like, controlling other people. But I yeah. control my emotions so much because I am very emotional and, like, I've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've contained a lot of the shit I've gone through. And instead of, like, blowing up, I've just condensed it smaller and smaller and smaller until it goes away. Yeah. But, like, to just fully let go feels so good. I think that might be one of my fantasies is to, is to be a fully submissive person because I am not in my everyday life. Well, I can do that for you because I'm like it's, <laughs> submissive a lot of the time, but then I complete. I'm like fifty fifty. I'm such a yeah. weird switch of like I'll let like somebody completely dominate me, but yeah. then there are instances where like if I feel like they're going too hard, I'll literally sit straight up and just fucking choke them out, <laughs> and like I like. I'm so back and forth. Like I, yeah. I'm like a ram. I'm truly like an Aries where I just want to bump heads naturally. Yeah. So like, I'll just flip on a dime. Like I was talking to somebody and they're like, holy shit. Like you, I have to get used to you cause you're dominant. And yeah. I was like, I'm not always dominant, but when I am, I'm fully dominant. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm very similar to you where I'm very like reactive in situations where like, like I, in the past, there were moments where or like there were partners that I was very submissive with because they like to be the dominant one but then in those moments like like you just described if there was something that felt like very threatening to me that we hadn't talked about prior like maybe they were about to choke me and we hadn't talked about that I switched and I jumped on top of them and pinned them down and was like don't you fucking touch me and I was like what like fucking 180 yeah like crazy and I'm like this is I shut that shit down immediately it's funny and, that you went like you're like literally split in yeah. the way of like a Gemini is but then I totally. want to like, bump heads naturally yeah. like it's just really funny to see that tiny little connection <laughs> um, I can, I switched so fast and like total yeah. fucking Gemini but like I am a switch um I'm definitely a switch in the bedroom too because I I mean like with Ryan like we both are I guess we both like to play that part with each other but I think with other people, we both fantasize about being a different type of person. Like mm-hmm. he fantasizes more about being with like a submissive person because he wants to primarily be a dominant person when he's having sex with somebody that isn't me. Mm-hmm. But he does like the moments when I am dominant with him. But I think it's because we have established this rapport. He knows who I am. He knows I'm a boss bitch in my everyday life. But with somebody else, you know, like if we pick up, a, if we meet a chick at like a horror con or something, it's like he knows that, come on, she's not on my level. So he's yeah. like, I can, you know, I can like toss this little bitch around. She's like a peasant. She's nobody. Yeah. She's not, she's not like my queen. She's like, punch me in the face. Yeah. Like Selena. <laughs> yeah. But I think that if he were 
to hook up with somebody who is like established and is like a boss bitch and is somebody like me he'll probably let her be very dominant and love that and same thing with me that's kind of how I am you know like any any of these like thirsty little guys that like hit on me at the cons and stuff like I don't give them the time of day unless they're like one of my only fans or Mm -hmm. you know I think they're cute and like maybe we're getting like a little flirty but to give myself over completely to somebody like that is a very special thing and if I let you do that know that like it's a very fucking special thing because I don't want anybody have access to me yeah no I agree I definitely agree I think a lot of it too like when people are trying to like be a dominant person I would like to remind people that eye contact is very important and I mean like making actual eye contact not just like looking at their eyes and looking past them like true fucking eye contact when you're getting choked out chef kiss (laughs) like that shit's wild like I've had partners where like they'll choke me and they'll like look at me but it feels like they're not looking at me I think they're just more of like involved in like the like being that dominant dark thing but then like being somebody like choking somebody out and like looking directly at them and letting them know that like you can let me know at any moment, but I'm doing this to you. And like, I'm fully here. And like, we're just like locked in. That shit's fucking hot. Yeah. I love that. There's, so I watched a documentary last night that I think you'll really enjoy. It's on Amazon prime and it's called serviced. And I think it's one of many, cause there's like, um, there's very similar people in the documentaries, but there's like a several different ones. Like this one specifically is about, um, sex workers in, servicing in the industry and they're like all different types of services and then like that same group of people pop up pops up in other documentaries one of them is like um i don't know like club life or sex life mm-hmm. 101 or something and then they, they talk about the types of sex they, they like to have but this one i watched last night was really specific to uh their jobs that they do in the in the industry and so like one of them is a male escort and he I don't think he specifically helps, but part of his, um, part of what he does primarily is works with disabled people. So people who can't, who can't have sex, you know, like he, um, like they showed in the documentary, like one of his clients was this, I think he's like a paraplegic and he has almost like no use of his like entire body. So like they show the escort showing up and talking to him a bit and like talking about like what's going to go on. And he's like getting airlifted, like, by this little like machine from his wheelchair to the bed and then they like the the escort proceeds to like strip and like have sex with him and you're watching it um but there's like a voiceover and he's talking about how what he does is very important and because not a lot of people are available to do this or give people that have disabilities like the time of day and they also need love and they need to you know be with somebody and so like the the one the um disabled person receiving it is actually like a a podcast host and he hosts a podcast called I think it's disabilities after dark and it's all about like sex with disabilities and how they've overcome things it's fucking awesome that was like that was like one segment I thought was like really great and I'm like wow his job is very important in this in the service industry there's like they're like our disabled people get overlooked so often and they they need that they need that connection with people um, That's another amazing. one was I didn't like, even think about that. Like I am one of those assholes where like I wouldn't have even <laughs> thought about that. That's yeah. crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that makes yeah. me so happy. 
Yeah, and he's like, and sometimes like we don't even have sex. Sometimes he just comes and like uh like hangs out with me and just like talks about my day and stuff. Sometimes they just want to cuddle. And that was like one of the other uh segments too that was there was a professional cuddler who was like a gay man. And he was saying that, like, he specifically likes to work with straight women because a lot of them, um, especially women of power, don't have the time to have relationships, but they do need that human connection where they need to feel safe. They need to feel the embrace of somebody holding them. So he meets up with her with one of the um, female clients and he's like, you know, holding her hand and is like, is this okay?" And he's doing exercises with her. Um, and specifically telling her to say no when he asks for things. So he says, like, can I put my hand on your knee? And she says, no, you may not, but you may put your hand on my shoulder. And okay, so then that's a thing. So it kind of teaches us to say, um, to be able to say no, you know, and to know that, like, you don't have to be shameful or afraid to say no. You can offer a solution and say, no, I don't like when you touch my thigh like that, but you know what? You can touch my ass or, you know, something else. Like That's crazy. um, Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was one. Um, and then there was like, there was another one that was this, um, he was like a, a kind of a masseuse, but with his body and it was so hot. Like You'll know what I'm talking about when you see this. So yeah. he has a client on a massage table naked, laying face down. And he himself, he looks like the the masseuse looks like a fucking action figure. Like he's so hot. Um, but he puts his entire naked bo- body on top of the client and just the pressure of him being on top Ooh. and slowly like, you know, with pressure rubbing the shoulders down to the legs. I was like, this looks incredible. Like I would pay to have this done to me because I totally get the sensation. And it's like, you know, when you're having sex and you have the weight of your partner on you and you love that sensation. So imagine that, but getting a full body massage, but with no penetration. Oh I was my like, God, I was like, that is completely something I would pay for. So I would pay for that shit, dude. Yeah. It's nice to be touched. So this, yeah. So this documentary ha- um, just kind of touched on all these services in the sex industry that like I had never been aware of, but became aware of. And I was like, this is so necessary and so cool that they have these people. Yeah. And it just like, that it just got amazing. me thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like, if we could find somebody just like out of the people that listen to this podcast, if we could find somebody that has like a profession that's like sex based, that is a little bit closer to like niche market i would love yeah. to have somebody like that on here that must be so interesting yeah yeah like well one of the documentaries i watched um that was like i i think uh, associated with this one it was oh god what was it called i'll have to like look it up and i'll, I'll, I'll i'm so bad at this i should have fucking been prepared yeah, you're um, good. one of them was fuck it was like weird jobs like sex jobs um also like serviced but like so this one woman was, she put out an ad on Craigslist and it was like, I'm a mistress, you know, um, I'm looking for a slave to come clean my house. And so some guy, some man had answered her ad and was like, I want to come clean your house, mistress, but I like to do it wearing um, women's clothes and I like to be on a leash at all times. And so they showed them in the documentary this man showed up, changed into his wig and dress and like cleaned her entire house, scrubbed the floors in the whole outfit while she was like um, 
had him on a leash and she was like this is just like what he likes to do and i get paid and this is this is what we do weekly he comes over he's my best client and like it was just so wild and also she um she was also a coach for people who are new to sex clubs that like uh she's a professional she called herself i think a professional sex club sex chauffeur yeah exactly so like so if you're a single person and you want to go to a sex club and you don't have anybody to go with you meet up with her beforehand she kind of like helps you understand like what you're about to encounter and is basically your wing woman throughout the entire night so she doesn't leave you unless you're like okay i'm good i want to be left i'm gonna go with this person whatever um but so like I, i was just like I'm like sucked into all these documentaries on Amazon prime. Just like you could just go on Amazon prime and just type in like sex documentaries and you'll find like all the stuff that I've watched. Um, I watch like everything that is on there related. Yeah. To sex. Uh, but I, I just fucking love it. And I think like, you'll also love stuff like that. Cause you'll get so much from it. And it's yeah. just like so interesting to know that these people and these professions exist. <laughs> like it's just so wild and necessary. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, I there's a job for everything though, isn't there? Yeah, cuz I mean there's a kink, you know, everybody's got their kink and everybody needs a part of them fulfilled and there is somebody that can help you out with that. Yeah. No, it's it's really really cool. Yeah. Um I did want to talk about something that's a little bit off topic, but I thought it was kind of weird when I heard it and I wanted to talk to you about it. Okay. Okay. So on one of the podcasts that I watch on YouTube, it's called okay. Trash Tuesday. It's called Trash Tuesday. Do you watch I love it? That. I need to listen to that. That sounds amazing. Tomorrow. <laughs> it's really it's really good. It's like it's it's basically what we do, but yeah. Funnier. <laughs> no, not funnier, just different. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, so on that podcast, one of the hosts had mentioned that she signed um a guy's ball sack after one of her comedy shows. Damn. Yeah. And initially I thought it was funny, but then she brought it up again and said that it's like a a thing that she does regularly now. And so I was like, wait, she does that for free? Like, like you would have to pay me to touch anybody's balls. balls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so the fact that she's like regularly signing scrotums and like not charging, I feel is a total missed opportunity. Like, unless you're into that kink. Right. Like, but she, she talks about it like, yeah, I do this now. And I'm like, that's cool. But you're also touching like strangers' balls. And like, what are you getting out of it? For her. Like, yeah, it's a kink for those guys. But I think it's also a kink for her in a way to have like a control where somebody wants her to sign their fucking balls. Like, it's that kink of like, I'm marking my territory, literally. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that could be it. Because I was like, what is the benefit to doing this if you're not like, I would charge for that. I would be like, I'll charge your balls. I'll charge your balls. I'll sign your balls. I'll charge your balls. I'll charge balls, but you gotta pay. I'll charge your balls. <laughs> like I would, I would be like, okay, it's fifty bucks if you want me to do sign that. Balls, yeah. You know? But it's also it's very similar to like I love to leave marks on people. Yeah. Like, I love leaving a good hickey. And I don't do it, like, I do it in an adult sense. Like, I pull their shirt aside or, like, I do it somewhere else on their body. I'm not doing it on their neck like a, fi- like, not a five-year-old, like a 16-year-old. Yeah. But um, I think it's just the same kink of marking someone. I, I don't like hickeys on the neck. Like, especially on me. Like, don't ever do that to me. Yeah. Um, 
you're we're fucking done if you do that i'll just me. put that in my notebook for later <laughs> more respectable woman i mean i got makeup I'll, i can cover it but like i don't like that done to me um i don't like to do it to other people because i feel especially like if i do it to ryan i'm like oh that looks so trashy like this fucking bitch was sucking on his neck earlier yeah. we're out in public but what i really do like is giving them hickeys down by like their pelvic bone you know Melina. i know i love you that like, especially if you're like sucking their dick and you just like mosey on oh i'm doing that i'm taking i'm taking your fucking idea girl do it while you're while you're jacking them off you know just do it and oh they're gonna y'all yeah. cannot see the reaction <laughs> i am having right now but like my whole body is just like convulsing <laughs> That was like my mark. That was my move back in my <laughs> mid twenties. Oh my god, that is such an amazing idea. Like I've definitely bit some thighs. Yeah. But like I'm gonna go full fledged. That's a really good idea to do. Like it's when hot. you're jerking off, because like yeah, they know you're sucking power. Yeah. I'm literally like twenty seconds with that. Like I could do it so quickly. Yeah. Do it like you're doing it to their neck you know like soft with the tongue first then like gradually suck but like while you're jacking them off they will come so fast yeah and it's just really hot you know yeah no and then it's like it's right by your face if it gets on you like you just put it in your mouth or something no i (laughs) i was talking to somebody and they were like because i i mentioned i was like i give hickeys like super fast so i gave them a hickey and they were like how did you do that so fast? And I'm like, it's all in like, you have to bite down and then suck. Yeah. So just a little advice if you're ever trying to give a quick hickey, bite and then suck. If you're trying to give a quick hickey. Well, speaking of advice, should we drop a couple of just the tips since we're coming Let's do up on some just the tips? <laughs> do you want to start? Do you have one? Do you want me to go? Yeah, I think mine's a pretty broad one, but it just needs to be said because I'm a dumb fucking bitch. Listen to your red flags. <laughs> I think I've said that before as a just the tip. Yeah. But I'm saying it again because I'm not listening to my own red flags. Listen to your red flags. If your belly feels weird about it, your belly is right. Yeah. And and listen to your friends <laughs> and the people that love you. But so listen. <laughs> But listen to them, listen to the reasons why they're saying the things that they're saying to you, you know? Yeah. This isn't isn't just for you. I know, look, I know from experience that you, everybody has to go through their own shit. You can tell somebody that this person is bad for them, that this, to leave this person, whatever, but only they're going to make that change when they've come to that point where they truly have to make that change. And all you can do is be supportive and say what you mean, mean what you say, don't say it mean, speak your truth to your friend and just be there for them. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's my thing too, is like, I think, um, and this is something we'll talk about, but like with love bombing, I'm so quick for love bombing that like, I just completely, like I just put myself in a little fucking box and I'm like, okay, I'm in a relationship now. And I hate doing that because then I feel like a fucking idiot coming out of it. Yeah. Having it like, and I apologize to people all the time. I'm like, I'm so sorry I was in that, and I'm sorry I didn't yeah. communicate. And like, I get lost in myself in relationships when I get love bomb, yeah, bombed, and I'm just like, okay, I need nothing else. And it's like, no, you need your friends. You fucking need your friends. Okay, so my just the tip is something that I've noticed: men just make shit up or just straight up lie if they don't know the answer to something, mm-hmm. and. I'm like, it's so annoying and I don't understand why that's a thing. 
and like women, we crush, we question everything. We always yeah. want to know why, where we're going, where, where we want to know everything because we're unsure. And then my kid, I'm, it's like, I have kidnapping question skills. Yeah. Where are you, you want taking to be- me? Who are you? <laughs> what kind of car is this? <laughs> yeah. But like guys will just make shit up if they don't know. And, mm-hmm. and they do it with conviction. So we tend to believe them even when they're wrong, which is like so unfortunate you know, because then you learn to mistrust men because yeah. they just make shit up. And if you don't know, like, you should just be like, I don't know. But yeah. they just can't say that they don't. Like, that comes up a lot in movies, like, you know, like, yeah. when they're asking for when dads are lost and the wife's like, oh, just pull over and ask for directions. And they're like, yeah. no, it's OK. Like, and then the whole family fucking dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like in, even it's as simple as like doing it in conversations where it's like, what does that mean? yeah like if they don't understand what it means and just being like what does that mean and like i'll do that too where i'll be like i don't understand what that means you'll have to explain yeah. it to me just doing simple little things like that can actually make a huge difference in communication yeah because like totally. another thing just to backpack off of your just the tip is when guys i am a smart fucking person did i do great in school no have i lived a very successful life and been through a lot of shit and have a lot of fucking knowledge Absolutely. So yeah. when I say a fact with confidence, and then the guy doesn't want to believe that, and they proceed to Google said fact right in front of me, I will fucking murder the next person that does that to me. That <laughs> shit drives me up the fucking wall. If I'm yeah. saying it with conviction, and yeah. I'm like, oh no, I for sure know the answer. Because if I don't know something, I'll follow up and be like, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. then the fact, or like, I'll have to research it though and just double check. If I'm saying something with full fucking conviction and you proceed to Google it in front of me, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you hard and not in the good way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that, you're right. I never thought about that, but that is that is really fucked up to do. Like, at least wait until like the person's not in the room or like, you know, walk away and be like, is that Yeah, true? like, go take a shit and Google it. Don't Google <laughs> yeah. it in front of me. Yeah, that's so fucked up. Yeah, unless it's like, oh, is that that chick from that movie? I don't know. Let me look it up on IMDb real quick and see. Yeah. Sorry, like that's fine. But you're right. If you say something with conviction, but yeah, I mean, going back to guys though, don't if you don't know, just say you don't know. That's yeah. fine. We Simple we like that. to we like to to teach you if we know. You know, yeah. like. You don't need to have the answer all the time. You don't need to be our savior all the time. You can also, like, know. brainy chicks are super fucking hot. Yeah. Like, girls that have a lot of facts or they know what the fuck they're talking about or they're, like, super set in their job and they're like, yeah, no, A, B, and C. And it's just like, yeah. damn, okay, bitch, get it. Yeah, totally. But I also love a woman that questions and is like, you know what? I don't know the answer, but I yeah. am willing to learn and come on and, and, and tell me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a balance. It's a balancing act. Not everybody has to have the answers. I think people forget. Yeah, totally. Not everybody needs to have the answers. I like that. That's yeah. a good one. Well, this was a really good episode. We had some um, slightly sad moments, but mm-hmm. much needed yep. moments. You are very bold and very brave. And thank, thank you. you for thank you for being so honest with us. Yeah, no, I just hope brain. that like... Like I said, if there's a woman out there that's going through a miscarriage, has been through a miscarriage, is any anything along those lines, like, hey, you're not alone and you don't have to feel any kind of shame. It's just you have to just get through it, I guess, is really all I can say. You can't get yeah. 
like I can't sit here and get caught up on it and think of everything that I could have done to change it because at the end of the day I couldn't have changed it. Yeah. There's nothing I could have done differently that would have had a better outcome than what it was, unfortunately. Yeah. So sometimes I, I think a lot of it is just exception acceptance. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I mean, I again think things worked out the way that they were meant to and life is a cruel bitch and it's very unfortunate that we have to we as women have to go through the shit that we have to go through the stuff that our bodies have to go through but I am so glad that you're not stuck in a toxic situation Mm -hmm. and stuck with responsibilities that you are not currently prepared for at this point in your life yeah yeah absolutely yeah well I love you and I cannot wait to talk to you next time we'll have more sexy talks, more um, to chat about. I I should have some sexy photos to post. I might post some of them on my Instagram, but mo- most are going to be on OnlyFans um, soon. Me and Jesse, Jesse Lee, took some photos. Oh, yeah, together. that's right. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, but it was like a, with a new photographer that I've sort of known on Instagram for a handful of years, but we met for the first time during that photo shoot. Um, so I don't want to pressure him, but if you're listening to this podcast, please send me those photos so I can post them. <laughs> no, I love you back. Um, my OF is shut down right now because I got very in my head about everything. My body is going through a lot. So it just, I felt like it felt actually really unfair for me to, for me to have an OF and keep having people subscribe and me not making content. So I actually got, I was like, I just feel weird about that obligation. And that took a lot of stress off of me. Um, but you never know. It could be, uh, it could come back. Yeah. Um, but I love you and I'm excited to have more sexy talk and embrace <laughs> single Megan, which is super- yes, single <laughs> Megan. She's back bitches. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a good episode. <laughs> All right. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Um, stay lubricated. That sounds kinky. Stay hydrated. <laughs> is that Hardcore. <laughs> I love you back. <laughs> Bye. Bye. March, deadling the women of the universe. Intergalactic swingers. <laughs> 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 <laughs>